Welcome to another episode of Wolf's Den. Um, we're going live online for the first time. <laughs> so, you know, connecting with entrepreneurs across the globe. So we have with us our new guest. I'll have him introduce himself and tell us exactly a little bit what you do. Okay, thank you, Edsa. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Keegan Patrick, co-founder of Optronics, current grad student at MIT, bachelor's from UE, former Samarian, former national cricketer. Although, sadly, I don't play cricket as much anymore, but that's a quick synopsis of who Keegan Patrick is. Great, great, great. So thanks for coming in, man. Um, you said co-founder of Optronics, so talk about, about um, that. Okay, so Optronics is um, broadly a technology company. We focus on software development, engineering, consultancy, and also we do a lot of STEM education. And what we feel is our way of giving back and also accelerating technology in the Caribbean. Our, sphere, our goal is really to see um, a Silicon Valley-like environment in the Caribbean. That, that's the long-term goal. Long-term goal. Wow, that's very big, man. So that goal in itself is very innovative. Um, yeah. like, so what, what was the thought process behind something like that? Like why, why did you think about starting something like that? So why like, so really that stemmed from my participation in something what I'd call the Robotics Olympics. So I had the opportunity when I was younger to take part in this international robotics competition in Washington, D.C., alongside my co-founder. And it was really a great experience. We got the opportunity to kind of put something together and showcase our talent on a global stage. And But really, at that, um, at that competition, we realized that there was a big divide in what our peers at our similar age was being taught in the developed countries and what we were being taught at the same age within the small island developing states where um, for our robot we really just put stuff together tried trial and error and came up with something that seemed like it worked but students or at the same age they were working with 3d modeling software they're working with simulation software and you could see that they were 10 years ahead of us in terms of design-wise. Although I think we did pretty well. We replaced 51st. I emphasize on the first. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was, it, I really at that point realized that there is a big gap between um, where we're at and where I think we can be. And I think my co-founder and I, we thought, why is it that we're far behind when we think that we have the potential, we have the people, and we don't think it's a matter of resources or land mass. Well, I think we have many smart people and I think we have a creative nation. And I think we could be, we really believe that we could be on the same playing field. Wow, incredible, incredible. So before we get into, you know, how that has formed and whatnot, I want to stay on the, the beginning. So you gain that insight through an experience from yeah. being in Washington with your co-founder. So um, can you tell me why you're in Washington? Okay. Um, 
I think I'll probably take a step back all the way to maybe my beginning of uh, maybe my first entrepreneurial activity. So I'm a former Samaritan. I went to Samaritan's college. And <laughs> <laughs> my, my very first um, kind of dive into getting this entrepreneurship bug, I participated in a junior achievement program where in that club at, at the school, they allow you to run what is like a real life business within the school. Um, you get to have a board of directors, you get to have staff, you raise capital, you do everything that a normal business does, it's just within the confines of the school. So we, I started something called Paradox as the and um, became the president of the company. It was an entertainment company. We had a seed around our friends, family and fools around. We ended up raising about a thousand EC dollars and with that money, we used it to, we hosted an event, we, we call it the SMC Mixup, we invited our friends, we invited some girls from the school, we had a DJ, we sold tickets. So wow. we had that nice little entertainment thing, you know, how mm -hmm. it is in the career and in back home. <laughs> so that, that, that went pretty well, we made a profit, we were able to return shares to our investment. Our, our investors and I think that's really what sparked that um, entrepreneurship bug in me early on so um, at that point after we did that I would have ended up winning junior achiever of the year in 2015 I think I was about 15 or 16 at that time wow. and my, moting, my, my motivating factor at that point in time was it seemed cool and I liked parties <laughs> so that, that, that's um, beginning and then so then moving on I think a year later I was also a student I was kind of interested in um, science mathematics so there was this student program called SPICE and I applied to take part in it it was a program that focused on teaching students programming robotics and various university level courses and I was fortunate enough to um, get in. It was a program in Barbados, and I think that may be my most influential student program that I've attended, being able to get that hands-on experience of actually building something and getting that experience, learning from um, really, really knowledgeable people. Um, I think that really sparked my interest in wanting to be an engineer at that mm -hmm. point in time. Okay. And I think that experience is what also led me to getting the opportunity to um, be part of this first global robotics team that represented St. Lucia and then went off to um, the first global robotics challenge. Okay, so what was the, the outcome of that, that being part of that team? So the outcome, as I said, the outcome was we, we went over, we participated in a few games, we placed 51st, and after that program, and well, me and my co-founder really made that realization that we were behind in technological development and STEM education in the Caribbean. At that point, a seed was just planted where mm. we believed that we could have, we had this crazy idea that <laughs> two guys from St. Lucia, one from Fale, one from Grizzly, we somehow could make an impact on the Caribbean. Right. So 
crazy idea. Two guys, no power. <laughs> no, you would say just two persons that think they're relatively smart and they could help. Right. Or, or be useful in some way. So mm-hmm. we kind of sat on that, that kind of burning desire for a while, both of us. After that, we were about 17, 18, we were applying to university. Um, I went to, off to the University of the West Indies. My co-founder would have gone on to Howard University. Um, wow. And it was in the brink of COVID. I, that's when my co-founder came to me with the idea of both of us had to return home because COVID was forcing us out of the country we were in doing our studies. Mm-hmm. And we had to go back home to quarantine and then things we had to go back to home to quarantine and then things started to um the restrictions started to lessen and people were starting to go outside and before we went back my co-founder came to me with the idea of why don't we have this stem education program within st lucia and we we give back to the community we help to start advancing stem education within our country and Maybe this is how we can start creating this movement to advancing technology, and we believe this could be a great economic um, growth factor for not only St. Lucia, but our goal was really the Caribbean. So okay. when he came to me with that idea, I thought it was a great idea. Um, he already had the name of Tronics, he created a logo. Funny enough, at the time, I really did not like the name of Tronics, <laughs> but he had a logo already, so I was like, you already went for all this effort, you <laughs> we might as well do the name. And then it slowly grew, grew on me. So that's how we, we ended up being called Uptronics. Mm-hmm. So we started planning out this STEM education program. Um, we had one course doing um, programming and one course doing 3D modeling. And then we had this elaborate kind of end project where we're going to have the students build this medical delivery drone and this this medical delivery journey is supposed to um, kind of help the students think of how do we solve this COVID problem. So this June um, is going to be able to pick up packages from pharmacies of vaccines and then carry it over to persons remote persons' homes. So that's the high level idea. So mm-hmm. more or less what we did, we bought um, a standard Jordan kit. We put it together. We had the students um, design an attachment piece. They put it together and also the students would have programmed the flight pattern that the prog- the children would have to take to mm-hmm. carry the carry the vaccines or the medical equipment and the it was fake equipment from <laughs> one place to the other. What we really what we what we wanted to do, we wanted to actually have it travel across from one actual pharmacy to somebody's house or to a quarantine facility. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening because of some technical difficulties. We really just traveled from one end of a school field to the other. But okay. it was really showed students that they have the ability to create something that could solve their problems within the idea. It's not we're within the island. It's not something where we have to wait for technology to be developed and then we buy it and we use it. But we right. can create solutions to our own problems. Um, so that's how we start. We really start the STEM education field. Mm-hmm. And also that was the first step, essentially. Yeah, that was the first step. Then um, then I would have talked to my co-founder about branching out. How do we help businesses? How do we help the government? Um, how do we help persons with ideas that they want to develop? And that's where we 
came up, okay, wh what are we strong at? We, we know people who develop software, we know computer science engineers, we, we are mechanical engineers ourselves, we know how to build things. Let's offer that as a service. Uh, a service, let's help everybody with an idea that maybe doesn't have the technical know-how, didn't have the opportunity to, to go to fancy schools like MIT, but they have the idea, they know how to execute on it, and we can help them build, build that. And maybe if we help enough people, then we start creating this ecosystem or this um, this industry, which we call a high-tech industry. And mm -hmm. maybe then we actually achieve our goal of saying we're comparable to, or maybe 10% maybe of the size of a Silicon Valley. <laughs> I mean, that's the point. We love, I love to hear that um, goal of yours. That's great. Um, yes. So you touched on the fancy education, and, and that's what I was leading to it. Um, I want to hear your viewpoints of having gone through MIT and, and schooling in general. You know the debate between business being an entrepreneur and going to school. Yeah. Many entrepreneurs tell us now, oh, schools are important. It just puts you in debt. Start earning money as soon as possible. So you, you went for it. You did school. How that affected or how do you think have you have you thought about like for example if you didn't go where would you would you still be in optronics no okay um that one's a bit tough I, I lean on the side of both in terms of the entrepreneur and and the arguments that's sometimes maybe against schooling and also the arguments that's for schooling mm -hmm. if without schooling i probably wouldn't be able to start a technical business in the sense of optronics, where school is um, a construct that we have developed to help pass on information that other people have learned. So it is very good in accelerating learning. And if somebody has already learned how to add one plus one, and they teach you, it's much faster than you trying to figure out one plus one on your own. Right. So, I one end that does accelerate your learning, but two, you have to realize school can only take you as far as what has already been learned or right. figured out by somebody. Learning what has already been figured out, you're already a couple years behind. So really and truly, you have to learn as much as you can from what has already been done, but it's your creativity and your ingenuity to now create something new. And you cannot learn that. Creating something new, you cannot learn in school. So you can be somebody that's never gone to school, create something new, and that's really big. You mm -hmm. can be somebody that's gone to school, you've learned what's, what has worked in the past, what's not worked in the past, and then use that information to create something new. Um, I think in terms of financing for schooling, I may have been one of the luckier ones or more blessed ones in terms of I've had opportunities to get full scholarships for both my um, undergraduate studies and my master's degree studies. So I would have gotten a full, I went into um, the University of the West Indies. Um, I didn't take on any debt. I started st studies and then after one year, I would have applied for a full scholarship and I would have gotten the full scholarship to cover my tuition and my accommodation. So that was, really an, an easy one for me mm -hmm. where um 
I, I'm getting all this information. I'm not paying any money. Somebody believed in my idea. Somebody believed that, yes, I think this crazy boy, boy <laughs> from Brazil that had the idea that they want to help create the Silicon Valley. Somebody believed that idea and they, they gave me money to pay for my school. Right. So um, I would have gone to the University um, of West Indies. I worked for a year and then I also got the opportunity again because somebody else believed in this crazy idea that we can have a Silicon Valley, we can accelerate technology here in the Caribbean. And somebody more or less, um, so there was this scholarship program out of the US where if you get into any of the top universities, they will fund your studies, your accommodation, and your tuition to go to school. So I applied to all the top schools, um, Stanford, MIT, I also applied to the scholarship program. And when I got, um, at, I would have then gotten the scholarship. And at that point, it really felt like somebody was just writing me a check for 100,000 US dollars and said, I, I believe in your idea. We're going to pay for your schooling and whatever other money, use it as you see, please, as you see best. And I think you can. You can do what you said you you set out to do, mm -hmm. and I think that kind of belief. If I if I didn't already have the belief before, that kind of may give me that sense of purpose. Where I really need to try to make this happen. Mm -hmm. Whatever idea that I had, whatever. <laughs> go, growing up, if I, when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, that seemed like a crazy idea. Somebody just had an idea of you can make this global impact. And then um, things start to happen, it starts to seem a little bit more real mm -hmm. and you kind of get to where you are. Still growing, still trying to actually do something. So everybody right now is like a lot of potential, still trying to actually <laughs> materialize. Man, that's powerful. I actually like your insight because I'm, I'm somebody who's against school. Um, yeah. I'm currently like my last year kicking and screaming finally. I would have gone to school in Canada, I came back, I didn't finish, and it took me like years to finally continue again. Like, I hate school. But yeah. your insight actually made me realize the point of, you know, education is learning what people have done. Therefore, you can know what not to do and so you can end up at a higher level, which is exactly yeah. what you said. Now, I took it for granted that that's what school was doing. So that comment, remember, I made me realize that, you, yeah, in fact, it does um, accelerate it to that point. Yes, you can go on Google and YouTube and learn and buy a course separately and do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but to me, it, it adds value to school, which I didn't have before. So I thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think school also gives you a sense of networking. Um, being around people that uh, have similar goals or similar point in life. I also see a lot of power in networking and being around like-minded people. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's possible being around like-minded people that you can create a group to, that's focused on doing the same thing. Right. Um, I think it's almost impossible to make any significant impact with being one, just one person. I think it's really people that right. make things move forward. Definitely. I mean, a solopreneur is 
definitely a, a viable option. But I yeah. agree with you in terms of even if you are, you still need a network. You still yeah, need okay, a, exactly. a team of, you know, maybe you, you're the only f- owner, but you have a team with you. Yeah. It's, it's I, damn near impossible or just not smart to do it alone. <laughs> yeah. There, there's only 24 hours in the day. If you're one person, you can only work 24 hours. <laughs> right. And if you have a team of 10, you could earn 20, 40 hours. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so now we've spoken about the basics. Let's talk about now and Optronics and you personally. What have you guys done since then? And what do you want to do? Well, we know, you know your ultimate goal. But the, yeah. the, let's go a little, a little bit macro, a little macro, a little bit. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. Okay, so let, let's wait, let me take you back in the scale. So when we first started, we really started up charging with zero dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, neither my co-founder nor myself put any money into it. Um, we started off really going around to different businesses, um, speaking with them if they were willing to sponsor this STEM education program and what we are going to do. Um, we spent months talking to different CEOs, different managing directors, and nothing for months. Um, our first investment or person that believed in us was a family friend that gave us our first investment. And that's when we bought our kits and we started getting things rolling. We did some, uh, some advertising. And that's when corporates and Lucia started coming on board and we got more investment and we think snowball from there so that's that's kind of our, um our form of beginning zero dollars so we just started with an idea mm-hmm. uh to, today we're now an incorporated company limited liability we have two full-time employees uh, myself and my co-founder we work every time once if we're not at school and we're not sleeping we're working so <laughs> if you want to call us full-time part-time um, and then we also have a few engineers that work with us part-time also mm-hmm. so right now our focus is really growing and scaling as fast as possible trying we do a lot of work with the government non-government organizations um we do websites and mobile apps and software development for some government projects, databases that they want to get done. We've also worked with a few entrepreneurs in terms of ideas of websites they want to get developed for their business. Um, working on an engineering project where um, a group of persons had an idea of this device that they want to build. And we've been working on that for the last couple of months now. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now we're trying to grow the team, trying to get more projects. Um, we set court. We, we have annual revenue goals and then we set quarterly goals for um, what we're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. So right now, right now, to 2023 is looking like a good year, looking like we're going to reach our, our annual goal early. So hoping things go well. We, we have a lot of STEM education programs um, slated for this year, trying to do war, um, a big junior robotics program in the summer, trying to do some digital literacy programs throughout the year that's really get towards older persons within the community getting them involved with tech and digital systems and the robotics programs is for younger persons 12 to 16 getting them exposed to programming building something cool and trying to get persons involved in the digital economy and tech space Mm -hmm. right now 
So that's kind of where we, where we at. I've forgotten. Um, so define for them what does STEM stand for? STEM, oh, science, technology, engineering, and math. Right. Um, you could, some people also call it STEAM, where you add in the art. So STEM, art. yeah, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Oh, I, I never yeah, so some, some people call it STEAM. Yeah, yeah that's, I, a, that's a new thing, too. <laughs> arts are trying to weasel away in. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, I'm, the, I'm not a fan of arts. <laughs> I have no artistic talent. <laughs> we, we, we do need some um, digital um, graphic designers on our team. Oh, and definitely. You need a few persons in marketing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. There's value in there. It's just, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. But um, that's nice, man. Um, so I actually came across your company with one of the programs that you're doing. I can't remember which yes. one. But when I saw it, I'm like, oh, interesting. And, and um, let me, and I followed you guys. I was well above the age to join it, <laughs> to join it. But I was just following along to see what, what you're offering. So I'm very um, interested in um, hearing about that. So yes, the specific one's great, but like you have a goal of helping St. Lucians um, raise the level, raise the bar. Do you plan to expand to outside of Sanusha? And what yes, exactly we, is that bar you want to reach? Yeah, we all, we see ourselves as a regional company. We do want to um, expand outside of Sanusha as fast as possible. We're, we're working with different organizations in terms of trying to get out like the model of our programs done in different countries that, that may either mean mobilizing our team or getting other persons within um, other countries to work with us and giving them this framework that we think has worked in St. Lucia and trying to implement it in other countries. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have two modalities. One is get towards older persons where our goal is to really get getting them familiar with new digital technologies that are coming out, getting them um, able to use ChatGBT, able to mm. um, make use of um, ac ac online accounting software, um, being comfortable using information management systems. That's really part of um, our digital literacy programs. And get to the less tech savvy, get, get to older persons, and also using digital, digital currencies, digital wallets. Um, the things that are now in our modern society that's helping um, ease kind of accelerating um, growth and also uh, making doing transactions easier, making our lives easier. But we also want the older generation to be a part of that and also um, see the benefits of technology in that space. So that's, that's on one end. Then we also want to um, groom our younger ones from from as early as possible. Right now, we're, our age group is from 12 to 18. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really getting them excited about technology, showing them that they can have an idea, they can build it, and they can they have the, the power to create a solution to a problem that they, they have found and implement it within their society. And not thinking that we're too small or we we won't be heard or we don't have like the ability to actually create the solution mm -hmm. but trying to give them that kind of that inspiration or that motivation that yes i we believe that you could make something and 
it would be useful to society or some way. At least if you make something that's useful to yourself. <laughs> Man, I, I, I'm loving this conversation. I, I'm, you, you definitely aim in big and that's exactly what we need. Um, so, and you also mentioned, jokingly, you, if you consider yourself part-time or full-time because you, you're working all extra hours towards the business. <laughs> So talk, yeah. let's talk about that. Let's talk about the time management and the um, effort it takes to do what you're doing while still in school. Um, it's tough. It, I, I'm not going to lie. It's tough. It really comes. So what makes it a lot easier is what I always try to preach is for your passion. Do what you like to do. I think if you're doing what you like to do, it doesn't really seem like work. Um, there are a few things that you may not like, but you it's kind of part of what you do and it doesn't feel like so much of a burden. Also, I feel like you also have to have some motivating factor, something that kind of drives you when you don't feel like working or you don't feel like pushing forward. Because um, quite frankly, like almost in any given day, I, at the, in the beginning of the morning, I could feel on top of the world. By the middle day, I could feel like, um, do I really deserve to be here? Um, I, I don't even know how MIT let me into the, the institution. They probably made a mistake. So any given day or given week, my mental health could be on the spectrum from top of the world to there. But it's really about keeping motivated, um, remembering kind of your goals. So, my goal is that I think I could make some impact on the Caribbean and I really want to see that happen. So almost like every waking waking day, I'm thinking of like, how can I make progress towards this goal? And then um, I enjoy doing that. Um, what also makes it easier, I have a co-founder that has the same goal. So uh, when when I'm feeling down, I'm not working. I something bad happened to me personally. Somebody else is working. He's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I love that. The two key things I'm hearing from you is having a vision and staying true to your why. So that's one. Yeah. And then what we touched on before is teammates, team members, having um, not being doing it yourself. So that, like you said, when you're not, even even when you focus on your goal and your why, you're still going to have the downtime. You're still going to have the, especially as an entrepreneur, there's no structure ahead of you. You're building the structure oh, for people yeah. behind you. <laughs> so like you, you, you can't, there's nothing to grasp on. So you, you have to mentally strengthen yourself to, to navigate. Um, and that's tough. That's tough. But yeah, I think, I think one thing I didn't also touch on, so also when you start building a team, you have people that start believing in you. Now I have two people that's working full-time. They, they would have left like their full-time jobs and now they work with us. If, mm-hmm. if Optronics fails, then they need to find a job. Yeah. Um, if, if we can't continue to grow the company, then we, we've let somebody... I haven't just let, let myself down anymore. Mm-hmm. They have let somebody that believed in my idea and left what they were doing and said, yeah, we believe in this idea. We're going to work with you together together to move this forward. So right. now you like your responsibility extends past you just yourself. Right. You have people's livelihood in your hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So huh, that's 
that's actually very you know interesting when we talk about entrepreneurship we think about the you know money fancy cars the, the, the travel all these things these things come with a lot of responsibility and um i'm happy to be able to to talk about that to let people yeah. realize that yes it may not will it may come with all of that but yeah. that's down the line ultimately you're affecting people the second you decide to off hey i'm selling phones the second you decide to decide start selling these things you're you're affecting people's lives yeah. if the phone just blows up if the phone doesn't work like people will put their money into you and they're expecting a certain level or degree of work yeah and if you can provide then the onus is on you <laughs> so there's a lot to entrepreneurship a lot more than the the glitz and the glam that instagram is showing <laughs> Yeah, yeah um I I definitely want to speak on that. Um so I really think um the concept of money I think sometimes is elusive to a lot of people. I think it is a system that has been created by man, but the core thing is providing value to people and money is more or less the construct we've tried to um use to make um transactions happen and put a like a dollar estimate to mm-hmm. or try to put some structure to this ecosystem of like many people working together mm-hmm. so really i think if you you're focusing on creating value for people where you're trying to make somebody's life better you're trying to help them do a task your your reward for that is money but your goal should always be to how can i create value for this person. When when you're starting a business, first I think like a, the most important thing, how can I create value for this one customer? Whether I'm cutting his hair, whether I'm building him a website, whether I'm cleaning his shoes, I'm creating some sort of value and the price that I'm charging him is more or less um the difference between the cost what it cost me and the value that I'm providing mm-hmm. that was more more often than not not you want your value to much outweigh your price and you want your price to much outweigh the cost it is to you so <laughs> that's kind of how the business dynamic works and right. when you're able to do that for one person your business now is how can i do that for 10 people yeah when you can do that for 10 people how can i do that for 100 and now you're thinking of how can you create that value at scale right when you start reaching scale that's when you start that's when you now have this big business and you the thing you're making a lot of money but you're creating a lot more value for the world and yeah. money is just kind of your compensation for the amount of value that you've been creating for the world you know you're not stealing from anybody you're not taking money from somebody what i want from my business i i want somebody to be so happy with the services or products we provide them that they want to give us their money mm-hmm. have you ever thought about using google like you let's say well for me um i pay for microsoft and i pay for google services mm-hmm. if they were to turn off google they don't want my money anymore mm-hmm. and they're not going to provide me a service i'm going to call them and beg them to take my money because <laughs> they provide that much value for me I'm right. going to beg you, please give me this service, and here's my money. Right. 
<laughs> so that's that's about like these big companies. We kind of maybe think of them as big corporate companies, mm-hmm. even companies that make a lot of money. But when you really think about it, they became that big because they provide so much value to people for a fraction of the cost. Right. You use Google search engine for free every single day. Mm-hmm. And you could learn so much from this using Google for, for absolutely for free. Yep. When you start when you start a business and you start using their services for commercial again, they start charging you 10 US, 25 US a month. And you're able to set up a business and make thousands. Thousands. <laughs> Definitely. I that like, I agree and I share that um thought process. To me, that's what I like about entrepreneurship. Basically the value that you bring to people and in reverse when I put money into something, I expect a certain amount of value as well. Yeah. And if every entrepreneur had the same mindset, then we'd have no issues. Everybody yeah. would be focused <laughs> on providing so much value that none of us would be worried about, oh my God, it costs two dollars for Apple Music this month. Oh I can't <laughs> <laughs> Like you, you're thinking about. Yeah, I kind of wear Apple though. Like every yeah. every quarter, <laughs> I, it seems like my Apple subscription going up by one US. Yeah. I kind of worry about that. <laughs> oh, what do you leave on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another one. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm happy you touched on that. <clears throat> so, I think that you give people a lot to think about in terms of what you should be aimed at looking at. When you're starting a business rather than worried about the the figures, worry about yeah. how many people can you impact, how are you going to impact them, and how can you duplicate it? Yeah. Because you mentioned over and over again that the need for a team, but it's my um viewpoint that not like you said, when you know how to do it for one, do it for ten, do it for yeah. hundred, do it for a thousand. So when you when you're making um, affecting people and making money without even knowing these people without even asking them because they're coming to you now that's when you start to well in my opinion that's when you start to become successful yeah yeah like, I agree right so like what I do now when I, when I get like a, a customer review you know like that 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 um, helped me so well I can sleep so well now like when I don't ask before I'll be like running behind you like hey try this let me let me know what you think and you know and now when you get it without even asking it it makes it even more powerful that more powerful yeah like when you're in that hustle phase you have to go out you have to ask you have to yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's an an incredible feeling i definitely encourage it for everybody and anybody who who has a a dream according to you a crazy idea yeah (laughs) I actually, um, I absolutely don't believe yours is crazy. I believe that it's hundred percent achievable. Especially, we'll, we'll see. We're we're trying we're trying to make it possible. <laughs> Especially if it's led by somebody like you, who with the mindset like that you have, I definitely think it's it's achievable. Yeah. Um. And I definitely think it it goes for everybody. Everybody has the different field, and I think everybody could become truly successful, like following. My core thing is following your passion. If the best barber could be a multimillionaire, just mm-hmm. being the very best in his field, mm-hmm. the best person that's collecting garbage could be a multimillionaire by being the best person at collecting garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard stories 
from I've actually they've had um garbage collectors come into the school of how they started a business starting with one garbage truck and going around and collecting garbage from the community. And now he has a fleet of um, hundreds of garbage trucks and he's a multi-million um, dollar company. And his talent was just hardworking, wanting want a clean place. Right. <laughs> so there's many ways to get to the same goal. There's there's technical avenue. We talking about technology. There's services, there's goods, there's creative persons. I think really and truly it's just becoming like the best version of yourself and being motivated to really give your best. And I for me, I think um God has set it in like the constraints of like our natural society that you can only really be blessed on giving your like the best that you can. And that's kind of principles and values from from me. Interesting. So, in along with so those principles and values that you just spoke about, do you think is it is it because you read a lot? Is it because of school? Like, where do you think you picked up on those principles and values over time? Um, I don't read a lot until recently. Recently, I've started to read, um, listen to a lot more audiobooks. Actually, so I still don't read a lot. I listen to a lot more audiobooks now. Well, hopefully you start um, some podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I also start listening to the Wolves Den. Uh, great point. <laughs> Definitely recommend. Um, I think a lot of my like principles and values kind of stem from experiences. Um, grew up in a Christian household. Um, books, uh, books and experiences, and just kind of synthesizing what I think reality or my, my reality or society looks like to me and trying to piece together what, what I think works, what doesn't work, what seems to be true. Um, I also truly believe that um, there's something that I, I've been trying, I've started saying and trying to make it my quote, but the only enemy to success is you. And I, I've kind of coined this phrase together to say that the enemy to the success is you, the person that saying that I can't do it, or the voice in your head that's saying like I'm tired and I kind of am procrastinating, not not wanting to move forward, or kind of being small-minded and thinking, okay, um, thinking I was lucky or it's bad luck why I'm in this situation, or I was just born into it and I never I was born into this. This is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life, but. Um, I think the power of the mind and telling yourself of that you can't do this or setting out, you have an idea and taking action to that idea, saying it out loud maybe, I think is already one step to making it possible. Definitely, man. Saying out loud, writing it down, writing down to me is the key. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, writing it down to me for real, I think is the key. Yeah. <laughs> I've started to like, write down before I go to bed so that my mind is on it. Like, hopefully I can make some yeah. dreams get, so it be, my mind, I'll be dreaming about it. And I wake up the next morning in a great mood, ready to, to do it. <laughs> yeah. And another thing which I, I think is a very powerful, maybe no science behind it, but auto suggestion. I think saying something out loud really kind of puts it into the atmosphere. There's this one thing that my mother told me a lot when I was growing up and 
kind of thought it was like she was just saying things I was a son, but she always told me like, I am the best, so be the best. Mm-hmm. And I think she told me that so often. I kind of ended up with this ingrained feeling that not that I am the best in like a narcissistic mm-hmm. way, yeah, yeah. but in me always trying to give my best in whatever that I do. Definitely, man. That definitely. Yeah, I think that I kind of wake up with that feeling almost every day. <laughs> That's an important, important message. Auto suggestion and doing it from a young age. If you started, yeah. to, if you started to subscribe to the, the the thought process of auto suggestion, and you become a parent, you want to do that for your child. Tell them things like that daily, and they'll grow up. And guess what? Believe it. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> I think if my mother listens to this, she'll probably um, message me about it. Yeah. Uh, she likes what? So, to, to auto suggestion, there's a story I have. Mm-hmm. Now I got my van. So, I saw it driving grossly one day. And now, at the time, I was looking for a van. Over a year, I was trying to sell my car to get a van. And every time I went on Facebook, you know, that's how we, the, the marketplace. Yeah. Within a couple of days, the vans are sold. Like from time to twenty sixteen, yeah, van yeah, yeah. that's gone, gone. Everybody wants a van. Now I'm like, Missy, I can't get one. <laughs> and I saw that one, and then they look brand new. And Missy, oh, that, that, that that's a bit above my price, you know. But I wrote the number anyway. I wrote the, I wrote the number down as BT fifty sale because I didn't know his name. Yeah. Now I start seeing that van everywhere I go. I noticed it because it's the same same um for sale sign everywhere. I'm like, yeah. wow. Auto suggestion, right? And then I started to t- actually went to him. I was at what's it called? West Tech in the line. And guess who parks right in front of me and comes behind me in the line? The guy with the van. So I have never seen him before. I never yeah. met him before. I started to talk to him. I told him, you know, man, your car is really nice. I I like if I had the money, I would buy that from you. I'm trying to sell mine, blah, blah, but even, even then, I still don't have the money. He's like, yeah, you know what? You end up with it, you know. I laughed, because, you know, a joke. I saw it a couple more times. And he said, you know what? Let me call him. Ask for the, the, the viewing, whatever. I loved it. Fell in love. It felt like mine the second I sat in it. I still, I can't afford the car. I finally got my car sold. And like I said, I still can't afford the car. Money, just, my grandfather decided to just give me some money. Out of the blue, never, the- before, never before in my life has he ever done that. Yeah. And there you go, I was able to purchase the car that I said I was going to purchase about three months ago in joke. And look what <laughs> happened, I got it. Yeah. Like, I, I that's completely powerful. Funny. Sorry? Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely think it's powerful. I definitely think setting an idea out into the universe and acting on it. Yeah, definitely. So we final thoughts. What do you want to tell the people that you haven't said already, or what do you want to emphasize on that you've said? Okay, well, um, what haven't I haven't said? So what I want to emphasize is, or oh, to inspire people to take action. Um, ideas are cheap. Take action. Do fail, fix, repeat. You can never beat the person that doesn't give up. That if he fails. He's going to try again because you're trying you're trying again until you're successful and then you're trying until you can never fail 
So the chances of failure are high. In anything you do, for any possible venture, there's one thousand million ways that you could fail. And there's maybe only like five ways you can succeed. Mm-hmm. But when you do nothing, there's zero ways for you to succeed and millions of ways for you to fail. So <laughs> you could take it, the audience could take it out of their seat. Right. That's my take. Powerful, powerful, and very true. So thank you so much, man. Thank you for hopping into the den. Um, <laughs> what I like to ask of my guests are you familiar with Discord? Discord, yes. Yeah. So I have a Discord and I would want to open the floor to persons to ask questions. So like so a week during this entire week, if you could just pop in, answer possible questions that they have for you. Um, okay. would that be something that you can do? Yeah, no problem. Yeah. All right. So cool. Thank you so much. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation, genuinely. Um, yeah. And I definitely hope, not I hope, I know that Optronics will achieve the goals that you have because you're the one who's leading the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I hope I'm back on the day soon, maybe in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, man. Much appreciated. And thank you all for listening. Bye.